Coming up on tonight's episode of Don't Panic, we've got a host of tech news, including a couple of things from Amazon, including Unlocked and what that might mean for your Android phone. We also talk about Tesla, the upcoming Windows 10. We also talk about Google reviewing the apps. We also mention Nintendo and Internet Explorer, plus a few picks. It's a great episode of Don't Panic, and we're going to go ahead and start it right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 87, recorded March 23rd, 2015, on the app police, unlimited skips, and IE is D-E-A-D. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that will never be truly self-driving. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined, as always, by the Seals and Croft of technology. Uh, summer breeze makes them feel fine. It is Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Sirs, how are we doing this evening? I wish That's... I was feeling a summer breeze. <laughs> Today's breeze was not a breeze, and it was also very cold. <laughs> what was it? A gust? It was winter wind, I guess. That's what it was. <laughs> It looks so warm outside. It was. It was very sunny. It was very misleading. That's the tough thing about March and and into April. Did it snow on the first day of spring for you folks as well? A little bit. Only a little, yeah. Oh, they gave you a reprieve, finally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, enough is enough. (laughs) That is correct. Uh, Guys, how are we doing this week? Good good stuff Uh, all around? I... I am glad to be talking about fascinating technology news. That's all I can say. Well, uh, fascinating is a, a, a maybe a bit of an overpromise, but <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best to. I am glad to be talking about technology news with you, fine folks. Oh, is that more accurate? That's very sweet, Dan. Well, we've got quite a team here, but we've got quite a group of fans out there. We appreciate you all, you guys, uh, listening and enjoying the show. You, of course, do that. Every week, Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern is when we do this live. But we have the website, don'tpanic.io. There we have all the recorded episodes, audio, video, and links to everywhere you can download it, uh, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, our personal pick, Overcast. Uh, We're on all the major platforms. You can also get uh, links to all our social media accounts on the website as well. Don'tpanic.io is the place to go. Um, Let's jump jump in uh, to some technology news. Uh, I'm going to try not to cough too much uh, during the show. I Do you know how much a cough button costs? No. What? Like a, a so so like professional recording studios like for radio and stuff, they have what's known as a cough button and it's just a quick button to quickly mute you if you're going to cough or something. Oh. It's called a cough button and you can just get one and plug it into your setup. It's literally like $100 to get a cough button. Can you like just get a button and plug it into your computer or something and like Hook it up through software. Did there there is a th- whoa whoa whoa? What is this software thing you speak of? <laughs> I thought that electronics were designed to perform only one task, and you had to build a new one to make it do something else. Dan, you have a very good grasp on how technology works. Perfect as a host of the show. Um, yeah, no, I, there is a DIY. Maybe I'll make that a project for the show and do a DIY cough button, but not tonight. tonight. Do it, man. We've got to build it to the news. Build it out of an Arduino or something. Right. You can it's program like, it yourself. I can make it out of maybe like balsa wood and hot glue. All right, let's let's <laughs> let's pace ourselves here. Whatever works. <laughs> um, we're gonna jump right in and we're gonna talk about Google and Android. Um, Dan picked this before the show um, to discuss. You're uh, welcome. Uh, yes. So we no no time wasted. We're jumping right in. We're gonna talk about Android apps. Um, 
you know, how many times has this happened to you? Someone says, oh, Android's better because anyone can put anything on their app store, unlike Apple, who's really selective and picky. Um, well, it turns out that's not true anymore, or at least kind of. So developers no longer have free reign to just immediately publish apps into the Google Play Store without oversight. Um, they will be manually tested and reviewed to uncover violations and malware. Um, sometimes it's automated, sometimes it's real people reviewing these, but they will go through the... This system, it's been in place actually for a couple months, um, and Google hasn't received any complaints. Now they're just sort of more publicly announcing it. Um, so the bulk of those reviews are handled by the automated system, but a few uh, actually go in front of real people. So um, the company claims... How come, we, how come we never heard of anyone's apps getting rejected from Google? I don't know. Like that was never a story. Did they just... Do they not do that? <laughs> And if not, what's the point of having a review process? Hmm. Sean's like, let me let me sit my coffee and think about that for let a second. Let me ponder this. Uh, no, <laughs> I I mean, if I had to, I I don't know. I mean, if I had to to speculate and guess, I would say Android has much lower has a much lower threshold for what is a violation than what Apple's is. I my guess would be Google is just looking for things that are bad. Apple is looking for things that conform to Apple, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the deal with, like, iPhone apps, like, I don't know, like, no one complains when they're, like, no one is upset when, like, a porn app gets rejected from the iPhone, right? Like, no one cares. But I feel like the things that the controversial ones uh, with Apple are things that they reject for, like, software stuff that is not, like, it's not even clearly bad. It's, like... It's it's like bordering on something that is against the rules, quote unquote, but not like not not entirely. I don't know, like it's not like malware, but it's also not. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like not really bad from a user perspective, but it kind of treads on Apple's rules or and those are the weird things. It's like developer things. And that's when you hear about it because like the developers get upset about it. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah, I think it did. Um, you know, I think to me, this screams as being more important for Apple than it is for customers or uh, more important for Google than it is for customers only because I think it's it's up to Google to set the standard for the app store for, for Google play. And if consumers don't feel safe downloading apps or, or surfing the store, I think that problem falls on Google's and Android shoulders. Mm. Um, and it would not surprise me to learn that companies like Samsung and LG and Motorola have been pressuring Google even to, to enact tougher standards. Um, not that you hear a lot about, you know, viruses on Android or, you know, scams on Android, but it is a real concern. And I think, I think Google, at least so far, seems to be finding that good middle ground between being a little more extreme like Apple or a little more loose than they used to be. Um, you know, if you're just checking to make sure it doesn't break people's phones or steal their identities, I think, A, that's a no-brainer, and B, that's probably the right amount of scrutiny you want to place if you want a truly open platform, um, or at least a mostly open platform. I always had I had always assumed that there was some, some sort of automated testing that happened on Google Play. Like, they're not going to let you release an app that nukes your phone uh but you don't need a human there to tell you that right. uh we have we have testing suites we know how this stuff works kind of 
Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just it was interesting to me that I never heard of any app getting rid. Like I never heard of a developer going online and be like, "Oh, my app that intercepts your phone calls and does uh like voice recognition and transcribes all of your phone calls for you got rejected from the Play Store." Like, I don't know, is that allowed on Google or maybe they they would allow it and you're right that they just don't uh they don't deny apps that sh- have any right being like like you know, like you were saying apple denies apps so it's a gray area whereas google only if it was harmful probably yeah and i i i think i think the app developers who are having their apps rejected are in some cyber cafe in russia trying to you know, <laughs> steal your your credit card number so and they're not going to complain online publicly like apple app developers are so um I, maybe that's an unfair assumption, but I just think this is, like I said, this is more important for Google to be able to come out and say, it's not the Wild West. You can trust us. You can trust out. Because we've talked about this on the show numerous times over the last couple of years where it's people don't buy apps on Android. And people don't even download as many apps in general on Android. Now, is it because they don't trust them? I don't know. I might argue with that's a small piece of it, but... It, anything Google can do to get people to download more apps is better for them. So um, that that's a, a good move on their part. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, uh, gentlemen, where are we going to go to next? I, 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 you, we uh, prepped the first story, but we have a whole bunch more to get through. Um, I didn't even know Amazon Prime had a music app on iOS. Oh boy! Well, let's let's do back to back Amazon stories because I think these are good. And actually, I'm a big fan of Amazon Music on iOS, and it's much better with this update. Let's start there. Amazon Prime Music for iOS now includes ad free streaming radio stations. Um, this is uh, an update to their app. So before, if you were a Prime customer, you got access to Prime Music, which was sort of like you could take songs that Amazon said it was okay and save them to your library, host them on your local device. You didn't own the songs, but you could stream them and, you know, do those sorts of things based on their agreements with the music labels. Well, they updated this week, the app to include, uh, prime stations. Um, and what it means is it's very similar to Pandora where they're sort of predefined stations. Um, or you can create one, and it will, using the thumbs up or the thumbs down, it will generate a sort of auto-playing radio station for you. Um, the best part about Amazon, because you're a Prime subscriber and you pay for it, there are no ads, and you have unlimited skips on songs you don't like. In addition, if you do hear a song you like, and it's a Prime song, you can hit the plus icon and add it to your library, and it'll be saved there to be in your big list and you know save locally on devices and listen to it on demand. So... Um, I think it's uh, it's an interesting addition. I don't think it's particularly surprising. Um, and this is that this is like Google Play Music, where you can upload your own music to it and access it streaming. Um, yes and no. So <clears throat> Amazon does have a service that allows you to upload your songs and stream them wherever. It's semi-separate from Prime Music, and there is a separate fee above like a thousand songs or something like that that's what's included which mm-hmm. isn't as much google music is like 20,000 or 50,000 it's a lot more oh wow yeah that's 
I use Spotify and Google Play Music, uh, but I don't use Google Play Music for the radio stuff, although I hear that's pretty good. I don't really like radio. I guess I do sometimes, but the fact that it has all of my old old weird music that only I have, like that weird classical CD I bought in 10th grade in Barnes & Noble or whatever, uh, and I want that specific version because that's the one I remember, That's I really like Google Play Music. So anyways... You should, if you don't, haven't uploaded all your music to Google Play Music, there's no reason not to. And that the, they have apps, the, they have an iOS app now that's pretty good. Yeah, I, um, I buy, uh, not a lot of music, but a decent amount of music. And I buy a lot of CDs that I then get the free digital version of. Um, so I use Prime <laughs> a lot. And I'm excited for the radio stations only because I'm, I'm getting really sick of Pandora, um, right. Just being a pain. so repetitive. They really are, and and you know, I do hit the the skip limits, and you know, I I used to pay them, and I already pay for Prime, and the stations are hypothetically just as good with more. Right. So, Sean, do you have a? Does your laptop have a CD drive in it? No, no, I have ah. an external I use for stuff, but ah, okay. No, no, what I use the CDs for is in uh, is in my car. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no. No auxiliary port on your radio there? I do, but it's really inconvenient. And there's just... I, I, I'm just lame like that, but I just really like... <laughs> no, honestly, I, there's just something it's about really having the album, popping it in, and just letting it kind of play, and it sounds... CDs sound really good. You may have forgotten. We're so used to, like, Pandora over LTE, but CDs sound really good when you listen to them. Um, so, and the best part about Amazon is it's like five dollars for the digital album or it's like five or six dollars to get the physical copy and the digital album yeah you you've told us about and this how do before i'd like i am such a sucker for because i don't like want extra crap in my no, apartment I, there's I already extra crap <laughs> it's your new york city apartment that's the problem dan you, you not enough room for crap right yeah you, yeah move yeah, out yeah. to the burbs we've got tons <laughs> of room for crap as much crap as you want. That is exactly you, you, right. Or even. Did you ever see an episode of Hoarders in New York City? I don't think so. It's just I did. Just... Oh, really? I did. <laughs> and, and if you have a chance to see it, by the way, you should. Only because this guy, he had like a little tunnel, like, you know, this big he could crawl through of stuff. Oh, uh, it was ridiculous. I, I You wouldn't believe it. But you're, <laughs> but you're right. But you're exactly right. I agree. It's a problem. Okay. Um. But no, I, no. Google Music, Google Music is good. Um, the problem is back when I last time I tried it was when it would, like first came out on iOS and the app. I think I reviewed it on the show. The app wasn't particularly good. Um, I think ah, it's gotten better. It's not good. It's way better than the. So, <laughs> I would say even an average app is probably better than some of the best web apps for a mobile device. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before it was a web app, and yeah, it works, but he always got signed out, so you couldn't just load it up and start playing music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Big problems. Big problems. <laughs> oh, so tough. Um, well, <laughs> we've got Prime Music, right? Go- Amazon is giving you everything with Prime, right? Not only do you get shipping, but you get the movies, and you get the music, and you get the books, and you get the... They're just throwing left and right at you, right? How about more? Bonus. On top. Amazon Unlocked. According to an internal presentation acquired by TechCrunch, Amazon is getting ready to launch Unlocked. And it's essentially Amazon Prime for apps. 
So according to this leaked document, Unlocked would offer paid apps and in-app purchasing completely free from Amazon. So if you're a Prime subscriber and you own an Android device that supports the Amazon App Store, if you downloaded a either premium, you know, 99 cent, buck 99 app or an app with in-app purchases, Amazon would just give you those for free as a Prime customer. And then when you left Prime, you no longer got access to these bonuses. So for things, uh, they give examples of apps that may be offered, such as uh, Sonic Dash, which is a game, Monument Valley, um, Office Suite 8 and PDF Converter app. Um, all of these would include uh, the free pieces. Uh, we don't know how it would work exactly yet, when it would launch, how much it would cost, who would be participating. Obviously, this is a leak, so we don't know. Um, but I think it is really interesting, especially for uh, Android and uh, Fire device users. Yeah, that's that's pretty compelling. I mean, it's not compelling enough for me to get a Fire Phone. <laughs> uh, would this I, only be for Fire device users? No, um, I guess it's not, right? According to the what we know from this leak... It doesn't seem it's Fire device only. It's Amazon oh. App Store only. Oh, oh yeah. Then, oh my gosh, that would be great. Um, but yeah, is there a big uh, in-app purchase culture in Android? I guess there must be because even more apps are free than on iOS, right? Yeah, I yeah. I don't know the numbers. It would not surprise me to learn that it is higher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what concerns me is now I haven't used Android in a staggeringly long amount of time, but mm -hmm. I remember the Amazon App Store being terrible because <laughs> it was a, a pain in the ass. It never worked right because it was all workarounds and just a big pain. And I would, I, I know you guys aren't the best people to ask, but if anyone out there has an experience, they would like to tell Colby's me. better than me. I honestly, I never, ever used it once. Not even once. I didn't even try. Not because <laughs> I, like, didn't want to or had anything against it. The thought just never crossed my mind until now. Well, it, and and it was far it, too late. And it was really yes. great because they gave you, the like, a free the free app every day, and you, they were, like, good apps. And so I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had friends who, they were always excited in college about the and free was, Amazon app of the day. That was all I used it for, but it just never worked right. It was such a pain. So, like, on a Fire device... Yeah. I think this could be really, really cool. I'd question how well it's going to work mm -hmm. on a non-fire device. But I think this is a... If you were a Prime subscriber, I think this is a big selling point for uh, Fire tablets. Not necessarily the Fire phone. I think we can all agree no one wants that. But the tablets... <laughs> listen, people buy the tablets and they really like them. I mean, Amazon sells a yeah. good amount of them. And if they can come yeah. in and say, you can now have any app you want for free, I don't think that'll be the case, but most major apps for free and you won't have to do the 99 cent in app purchases. You know, I, I think that's, that's good value if you're a prime subscriber. Yeah. I agree. No, I take advantage of like the prime streaming is the one that comes to mind. I would never pay Amazon to whatever, whatever it comes out to be some amount of dollars per month for their prime streaming catalog when I could get Netflix because I like the Netflix originals better. Although apparently the Amazon originals are supposed to be pretty good too. I've never watched one. Yeah, there's a pretty uh, good list. But in aggregate, it's like, oh, of course I will use all these things. And it's guaranteeing that I like I will not leave that Prime subscription even if I move to a well, I I mean, I don't know. 
if I moved out of the U.S., would I keep it? Maybe. Does it work outside of the U.S.? Uh, I, I know they've been trying to roll it out to more countries. I couldn't tell you which <laughs> specifically it works in. Yeah, but even even the things that it gets you are are pretty great. It they're doing it. I don't understand how they're making any money, but well, they're not <laughs> making a lot. But but I can tell you, I am I I fall for Prime every time because I buy Prime. I buy a lot of stuff shipped, and so I said, okay. Uh, it's worth it just for the shipping. And then I get the free movies, but when I go in the movies app on the Roku, there's never anything I want to watch on Prime. But then I'll see, oh, look, a new release, two ninety nine rental. Bang, they get my money. Or I'm in the music app listening to the Prime music, but they don't have an album for streaming. Oh, it's it's a three ninety nine album. Click, I'll buy it, right? I, I'm such a yeah. sucker for stuff like that where <laughs> they, they, they sneak you in and then they sell to you. It's genius. I do rent movies from Prime all the time. It's it's the, yeah. if you're gonna oh, yeah. pay for a movie, it's the best like, place to do it. Like almost once a weekend, probably once every two weekends. Mm-hmm. But although with the yeah with the Apple TV, it gets iTunes is more competitive. It's the same price, mm-hmm. uh, and the experience is better. I find the experience better on iTunes if you're a hundred percent iOS. If you're not 100% iOS or you don't have an Apple TV, then Amazon Prime makes a ton of sense because you can play it on any device. And crucially, I believe this is true, you can store an Amazon Prime rental on the device for later playback on a plane, right? Isn't that true? Uh, I don't think that was the reason I... I I think you can do that with iTunes. You can do that with iTunes. uh, Assuming you have Apple devices. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm going to look this up. But you also have to remember Amazon uh, Instant doesn't have support for a lot of – doesn't support Chromecast. It doesn't – are they on Xbox now? They weren't for a long time. I don't know. All I know is it's on my TV, which is why I use it because it's convenient. I mean I guess it's that way with all – I mean you can rent movies from Google Play. And get that on your, your Chromecast or your Nexus TV or on your Android phone or tablet. There, there are a lot of uh, options. Yeah, on the Amazon Prime iOS apps, you can download movies or TV shows you've rented so you can watch they don't have an internet connection, well, which is what you good. need for flights or bus rides, anything really. I did not know that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only cross-platform solution where you can do that. Wow. Big big ups to Amazon on that. That's great. I I. Prime is such a when it comes up for renewal, it's just such a no brainer. Yeah. Good on you, Amazon. Thank you for losing money so I can have a, a very overvalued <laughs> you know, a very good deal on the service. <laughs> yeah, you could say all they need to do is get bought by a competitor, but then you realize how big they are. <laughs> yeah, no, it, what they need to do is just buy a lot of profitable companies and just use the profits to to pay off pay for Amazon, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's continue on. More news. Um, let's talk about Nintendo. Uh, we don't talk about Nintendo much on the show, do we? No, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. You, you may, you may know the, the Super Mario. You may know, uh, the, the Link and the Zelda. Or, uh. You may. The, the Pokemon. The, the Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? Uh, Nintendo announced it's teaming up with a company called D. D-E-N-A, 
uh, a Japanese mobile gaming company to make smartphone games featuring Nintendo characters. Uh, it will feature Nintendo IP, which includes all those oft characters I mentioned, um, developing them specifically for smart devices. Now, we don't know much of what that exactly means. We do know these will not be ports of existing games. These will be brand new games based on these characters. Uh, but we don't know which devices um, they'll be coming to, when they'll be coming, what they will cost, what they will entail. Um, we just know that they will be cross-platform. Uh, they're set to launch in the fall of this year. Um, and there is an investment deal going on between DNA and Nintendo. I I was excited about this. I, I'm glad that Nintendo's doing it, but I would have. Nintendo feels, in a lot of ways, like the the Apple of video games, and I'm I'm surprised that they don't want to control this experience all the way. Like, why aren't they developing new, uh, unique games for these platforms? Why are they letting someone else make a possibly terrible game with Mario in it? Uh, that doesn't seem like something they want to do. Uh, so, like, and I don't think that Nintendo, what makes Nintendo cool isn't the fact that it's Mario or Zelda. Like, those, there's, like, that's not very interesting at all, frankly. Like, the, the Zelda storyline is an incomprehensible web of things that are just glued together after the fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mario is, like, only cool because the games are so good. So I don't think that just giving someone your IP and letting them make terrible games, it'll probably work out pretty well in the beginning, but long-term, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm going to disagree. And I don't know anything about this company. Maybe they make amazing games. I don't uh, know. I'm going to disagree slightly in that, you know, I've, I've given Nintendo a lot of crap on this show before. Uh, I don't think they're a particularly interesting or innovative or unique company, at least not anymore. They just pump out the same crap. Um but what interests me about this announcement is two things. One, these are companies, and I have Nintendo bought 10% in the DNA company, and DNA bought 1.24% of Nintendo. They own pieces of each other. So it's not some <laughs> fly-by-night, they just sold the rights to this company, and they're going to go off and make games. Short of acquiring them, I think this is the closest they'll be. And who knows, they could acquire them in the future. If, and actually, I would bet if Nintendo stock price wasn't as terrible as it is, they might have actually acquired them. So I think that tells me there's a level of trust between these companies. The other thing is, and this is just word of mouth, secondhand, I don't play any of these, but um, I see online all the time people who have 3DSs and uh, the different versions of that, they love it. And they love the games that are on there. And they're, you know, we give the Wii U crap, and we should, but <laughs> a lot of the people who do the handheld stuff... They're really excited by these games, and they really like them, and they have fun uh, playing these games. And I think I think that's why Nintendo gets a, a little bit of credit from from the public, as maybe we should trust them to at least try and do this. And, and maybe it will blow up, and maybe they will suck. And honestly, Nintendo is in such a bad spot right now, I don't think they have much of a choice. You know, I mean, we all know how big mobile gaming is, and, and on all these smartphones and tablets and, and PCs and whatever. Uh, I don't think Nintendo has a choice. I, I It seems to me they're going about it the right way. And I'm very optimistic that as long as they don't just keep rehashing the same crap over and over and actually come up with some cool new ideas, they could actually do it. That's that's sort of where I'm at with this. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm interested to see what the games are like. I think that's what it comes down to, like... I could imagine a world where they they just come out with like really crappy I don't know like the crappiest 
cell phone games you can think of that are like you pay for points and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I think that would be pretty unfortunate because I have no interest in playing that. But if they came out with like some compelling things that like, you know, I don't know, people would actually pay money up front for like, I feel like they, they do have maybe a little bit of an advantage in that I, I suspect people would actually pay money for a Nintendo game. Yes. <laughs> uh, on their phone up front. And so maybe they won't have to do that thing where they're, it's free unless you want to actually play it or something. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see, though. I'll wait patiently. <laughs> And this is the part where I like to remind everybody that when the App Store first came out on iOS, Apple was pitching games for $19.99 and $29.99. So I, 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 I always like to remember that, that at one point Apple expected us to pay $20 per game. And, and while I don't think Nintendo gets that, I think you're exactly right. I, I think, And I think they've lowered the expectations recently where if the games are halfway decent and they don't charge a bundle, mm-hmm. I think people will be reasonably satisfied. Yeah. So I think there there's yeah. I don't know. I mean like their their brand is their brands I should say are certainly valuable and people like them. So Mhm, they sure do. Uh I'm, why haven't they tried to do like a Super Mario Brothers movie, like a new one? Or like a movie on any like a Zelda movie or uh Yeah, and they just announced that they're not going to be doing a Zelda TV show. Yeah, I'm if the the IP is very valuable. I'm I'm really maybe it's smart of them. I mean, Sony is just trashing, you know, trying to milk every cent out of every property they've ever owned. What, <laughs> but there has to be some sort of story to make a good IP media thing. I think, and there be- is. Zelda, you could. I think you could get a reasonable. You story. could make. You'd have to make it all up. You well, could yeah. not use. I, I guess that's okay. But what other thing like that is there where they just took literally the images of the characters and then aren't remade they out, every- Aren't they coming out with an Angry Birds movie? That was supposed Are to they? be a thing. Really? I, sw- I that swear. That can't be real. That was, but this was years <laughs> ago. It, maybe it'll never come out, but... Good. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. They, they made the Battleship movie with Rihanna. Remember that? and, and Liam uh, Yeah, I do. I do remember that. Again, all bad examples. I'm not helping my case figure out <laughs> why they should do that. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Nintendo's smarter than I am. That's probably true. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. You never know. <laughs> um, it's an upcoming 2016 uh, Finnish American 3D computer animated action comedy film. Woof. Angry Birds the movie. It's a lot of adjectives there. Yep. <sighs> Yep, because that. Important that... to point out that it's Finnish American, though you can't. It couldn't be entirely Finn or entirely American. That would just got to be Finnish American. You got to temper that. <laughs> the Lego Movie. There's a good example. Lego Legos don't have a story. Although I guess that's, that's not true. the same either. No, no, no. It's different. Be, be, see, Zella does have a story. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Legos don't have a story, so you can attach whatever you want to that. It would be like someone taking the. Uh, I don't know. Mega blocks. And there's, uh, <laughs> there are very other few visual medias that have a story with them. Like Lord of the Rings, you could take the characters, make up a different story. It wouldn't be Lord of the Rings anymore. It would just be something that's probably inspired by Lord of the Rings. Well, what about uh, no? Now, like other video game movies, like the terrible Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, a Prince of Persia movie, <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider what? with Angelina Jolie. 
Yeah, Raider was mildly successful, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? You wouldn't put that on the super terrible. They, oh, they have the Assassin's Creed movies coming out in another year or two. Really? Yeah, that's, okay, that's that actually silly. has a storyline that. Uh, but it makes no sense. Sean's not wrong in that it, it, it it's pretty wacky. I watched Colby play through all of the Assassin's Creed games, so I know it doesn't make any sense at all. I think those I think those games would be way better as movies because the gameplay itself is completely uninteresting, and the storyline when you get it is at least a little bit interesting. Uh, but like you know, I don't know which one it was, but there's one of them where you're just like wandering through this office in between levels, and yes. you can't run, so you're just sort of plotting along yes. uh, <laughs> that, that would awesome. be way better in a movie where you can progress the dialogue while the characters are walking and uh, wow. just what? so you know the Tomb Raider movie has 19% on Rotten Tomatoes so maybe not as good as you're remembering so if any of you out there can think of a good video game movie adaptation <laughs> email us don'tpanicshow at gmail.com it's uh, gotta be the uh the, the uh, Mortal Kombat movie, right? Was that was good? That good? <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think that's remembered as being. It's better good. than uh, the Tomb Raider movie. That's it's a thirty-three percent. I. That's true. <laughs> that's fair. Wow. Well, that was a fantastic tangent, and I am thrilled we went <laughs> along on that ride. Um. I suppose we can talk about more news, unless you want to talk about more video game movies. Well, no, I found the Wikipedia list of, of all video of all video games, and I can sort by the highest ranking on Rotten Tomatoes and the highest ranking video game adaptation in a movie. Uh, the second highest ranking one we already named early on. Uh, can anyone guess what the second highest ranking video game adaptation of a movie is that we've discussed so far? Was it was, was it was it the 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 bizarre Super Mario Brothers movie from the eighties? No, no, nope. Prince know. of Persia, Prince of Persia. Oh, wow, that is not promising. Stunning thirty six percent on oh Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's awful. That movie did and... suck. If you haven't seen it, it's terrible. <laughs> I haven't. Right. It sounds what, terrible. What's the number, number one? one highest ranking video game adaptation made into a movie on Rotten Tomatoes is Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, the 2001 film, completely animated, with a 44 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Also not a, incredible. Wow. Also, almost 50. Um, let's see. The lowest ranking one that you've heard of, there's a bunch here that I haven't heard of, would probably be uh, Silent Hill, the movie, uh, 2012, a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's probably, yeah. Wow. Well, just think, we what, they, although I don't know, they've been talking about making a Halo movie. They're definitely making a World of Warcraft movie. Yep, yep. Um, so we, we've got a lot of them coming up. I'm waiting for the Call of Duty movie, which which really would just be a war movie, but I'd probably see it. <laughs> That's true. There's people shooting and blowing up stuff, and I the the storyline in Call of Duty. Some of the Call of Duty games have been really good. I would rather yeah. see a movie of some of those than than play those games. Yeah, I feel like the the was it. I'm not sure. I think Modern Warfare Two. I think was the first. Like, that was the first one where they really started doing those, like, semi-interactive cutscenes and things. And I, I, I thought that was that was pretty compelling. Yeah. I enjoyed that game a lot. Um, 
Mortal Kombat, the movie, 1997, grossed $51 million in the box office, but boasts only a 3% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> if, I could be wrong. I believe that's like a cult, sort of, of if you were around at the time. There's some love for the terribleness of that movie. Could be. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, has 16%. That's that is a that's fu- pretty good given that's a the uh, up movie, <laughs> and then the show the 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 Super Mario Brothers Super Show they did oh god that was terrible I don't want to know oh my god um it, this is this is terrifying um, <laughs> well go, go buy your tickets for Angry Birds of the movie now um we're uh we're gonna jump along because we do have more news to talk to gentlemen anything you'd like to talk about next. Oh, uh, well, uh, geez. Oh, I thought we, uh, never mind. I'm just talking out of my, the Tesla thing. I don't, <laughs> I heard something about this, but I don't know anything about it. I heard that people were upset that were upset. Tes- Tesla like pumped up how they were going to, we're going to improve the range of our cars, with the software update. And then all I know is that that wasn't actually true and that they sort of exaggerated. Is that, is that at all correct? Well, Dan, let's break it down. So Elon Musk, as he is one to do, a week before the announcement, put out a cryptic, really exciting tweet about how there will be no more range anxiety for Tesla. Right. No more. We're going to get rid of it with a software update. And uh, I think it's fair to argue he overpromised at least a little bit. Um, so here's exactly what they did. Two parts to this update. It's an imminent update. The first part is what they call range assurance. It runs constantly in the background, regardless of whether or not you use navigation or anything like that. Um, And it communicates in real time with Tesla's network of superchargers and destination chargers. It will look for ones that are heavily in use or ones that are light in use. And it will also, uh, therefore, warn a driver when they stray too far out of range. So it's going to constantly know where you are, and it's going to say, you know, there's only one charger within your acceptable range, and it's heavily used all the time, so you're probably not going to get a spot. Be careful. Don't go much farther. Really kind of a a warning system. Uh, Musk says, quote, this makes it effectively impossible for a Model S driver to run out of range unintentionally. They also added what they call Trip Planner uh, that communicates with the fleet of chargers, um, and it gives drivers a better preview of how how they'll fare on a long-distance trip uh, based on their sort of uh, nationwide network of superchargers. Uh, It will be released within the next two weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is you that underwhelming, Dan? Yeah, I mean it's cool, but no. It's, it's I not... understand. I understand why he thought he was being technically correct when he said that this will resolve all range issues or range anxiety. <laughs> range anxiety. That's that's the key. Right, right, right. Because yeah. you're not. You know, if you know exactly where it is, uh, then maybe you're not going to be anxious about it. Yes, exactly, and that's that's what this solves. Is it's and just, that is nice. It's a that is using system. software to make hardware better because you can program to do new things. It's pretty great. I'm surprised it didn't have this already. This seems like a bit of a no-brainer to me. Like a car that you know, like I would love for my car to know where all the gas stations are. Not that that's a big problem, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. and warn me, Sean. You have. 30 miles left of gas, but the next station isn't for 50 miles. Like, my car should do that, so... Well, at that point, it's too late. 
Well, but it would warn me before I passed the station before me that, you know, or uh, something. Right, yeah, yes. You know, some, something smarter. But I think that's great. Uh, the, the other half of this update, which hasn't happened yet, but uh, Musk said that Tesla is uh, shipping an update in about three months that will turn on auto steering, or as he says, autopilot. Huh. Um, it is, uh, apparently the sensors and everything are already built into the car, um... Now, this is not intended to, you know, you get in and it drives you somewhere um, because, A, it's still illegal on most U.S. roads to have something else drive your car. Um, But it's really designed for, you know, um, inner neighborhood driving, calling your car from a parking lot, auto valet, having it park itself in your garage, um, things like that. More of the sort of, I don't want to say gimmicky because I don't think that's fair, but more of the sort of... uh, smaller details of driving not necessarily the sort of long distance driving as well uh he did mention that uh highways are also a really good option for auto driving because there aren't a lot of things like you know children in the road or you know things like that (laughs) things you'll hit that your car may not recognize um this will happen in about three months um but we don't know more details than that I think that's great. I, I listen, I've said before one day self-driving car is fine, but today I want the, I just step out of my car at my front door and then it drives itself into my garage or, you know, the, I'm in a, I'm at a Walmart or something. And I've got a bunch of bags or something and the car just drives up to me. Like I am all, <laughs> that is the future. Takes you and that is great. I, that'll happen sooner than, than, uh, actual self-driving cars on the road. Right. Oh, Cause yeah. you don't need permits to do that. No, and it's think. a a less it's a lower because th- it's low speed. It's a lower threshold for danger because your car won't get above ten or fifteen doing that. Uh, so even if you do hit <laughs> something, you're not going to do too much damage. Yes, until someone until writes the first <laughs> the first infinite loop in car firmware. <laughs> <laughs> the first car virus. <laughs> Colby, we want this to happen. Be quiet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't remind people. Your car just veers itself off. Drive. How great would it be when car thieves can just tell the car to drive it to the thief? <laughs> they don't even have to leave their own home to steal your car. It's genius. Right. Wow. It's a good idea. I think we should learn everything we possibly can about self-driving cars and like car computers now. So when it's our thing, then we can really cash in on the car thieving business. I... I saw some kid on 60 Minutes, they did a story on this, and a kid, like, he and his dad went to Radio Shack before they were bankrupt and bought, like, $30 worth of parts, and he was able to hack into his dad's car and, like, turn it on remotely and, like, do all this shit, and apparently it's not hard. Apparently a nine-year-old can do it, so I, I trust you two engineers can can hopefully handle it. My, myself, it's forget about it, but you know, the nine-year-old's got a lot of a leg up on me. <laughs> Um, we, uh, have time for one more story. We can talk about HTC Advantage, uh, the possible end of Internet Explorer, or Windows 10 coming this summer. I feel like we already talked about Internet Explorer, so we shouldn't talk about that again. Okay. Well, we can quickly talk about Windows 10. Uh, Microsoft announced to a surprise of a lot of people, because insiders are shocked that it will be ready that soon, uh, but Windows 10 is to launch this summer in 190 countries. Um, there isn't an exact date, but Terry Meyerson is quoted as saying, um, 
uh, Windows 10 will be available this summer in 190 countries, uh, as I just said, uh, as a free upgrade to Windows 7 and Windows 8 users. Um, there you go. That's basically the whole story. So very interesting um, that it's coming out that quickly. Most people pegged it for the fall at the earliest, but uh, I guess they're optimistic they'll get it out by then. Now, then again, as companies have taught us time and time again, when they say summer, they can put it out at the end of September and argue it. Because <laughs> they companies do that all the time. So don't be don't expect it in May or June. Right. What was the Apple thing? The Apple Watch. They said, uh, what was it? Q two twenty fourteen, and this in April's like the last. It's not even. It's not even part of Q two, right? Well, they they said Q one. They said Q one. But Apple made this claim where it's like, no, we use three quarters, so it's, right, right, it's, right. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. extra long, goes into April. <laughs> companies do this kind of garbage all the time. So yeah. Windows is no different. Um that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it. No more news for this week. Um we're gonna move on to our picks. And I'm excited because I think we've got some good stuff. Uh, I'm familiar with Colby's, who uh, we're going to have go first, I think, uh, who's going to talk about Blue Apron. Yeah, so did you pick this before, Sean? No, I have not. Specifically, I have not. And actually, I've been wanting to find somebody who's tried it because I'm really curious about it. Okay, yeah. So I just got my first shipment last week. Um, Oh, yeah. So for people who don't know, Blue Apron is one of those things that does the... Like, they'll ship you a package once a week of, like, ingredients and recipes for meals to cook for the week. Um, So they send us, I don't know, I just got the first one last week, but every Thursday they send us a box. And that box has, like, portioned out ingredients for three recipes um, that you can you can make for the week. Um, And so they give you, I think it's, like... They have six choices every week and you get to pick three, which is kind of it's kind of weird because like some choices exclude other choices. So like there really aren't six choices, but um, in any case, other than that, so far, it's, it's been great. Like uh, it's really convenient because I hate the grocery store uh, and I don't like going there. Um, it's also cool cause you get to like have nice food. Like I don't mind cooking. I kind of enjoy cooking. It's, it's pretty satisfying, but I just don't like getting the stuff for cooking. And I also hate that when you go, you go to the store and you have to buy some like weird herbs or like vegetables or like cilantro or something that you, you only use for that one thing. And then you throw, throw away like, you know, three quarters of what you bought because you're never going to use it again. That problem doesn't happen because everything is perfectly portioned out for the meal you're making. Um, and the other thing is that, like, it's a it's a surprisingly solid amount of food. Like, I was expecting it to be like, you know, to un- enough food for two people, quote quote unquote. But like, it's actually enough for two people with like food left over at the end. So both like both we cooked two of the the first. Uh, two meals out of the first one and we had leftovers both times and I was like legitimately full and very satisfied so if you're interested it's worth a try I think it's so it's $60 $60 a week for two people and then they have like a family one 
that is slightly less expensive, but you get the meals are enough for four people. Uh, but yeah, it's good. I like it. Cool. Blueapron.com. Uh, I will say this is, as far as I can tell, exactly identical to uh, HelloFresh, which I picked on the show before. Yeah. I knew you'd pick something like this. Which, you know, it's like meal selection, the price is the same. Um, and while I can't vouch for Blue Apron, I absolutely am over the moon about HelloFresh. So um, if Blue Apron is, is even half as good, uh, that's excellent. It's I, I completely agree. Cooking sucks um, unless someone kind of does the, the prep work for you. Yeah. And then, it's, yeah. then it turns out it's a lot of fun. <laughs> right. It's true. It's all this stuff that you have to have, like, skills to do, like figuring out what to cook. That's challenging. Following have, like, the directions is you easy. You know, all kinds of weird, specific <laughs> things that, you know, then you have, like, eight pounds of cilantro left over when you needed a tablespoon. Like, it's <laughs> right. so, yeah. so dumb when you do it that way, but this is great. So, blueapron.com. Uh, does it provide everything you need, or does it leave, like, a lot of rest, all of the services like this I've tried, they'll leave cilantro out. Like, oh, just go, you know... We provide you this, but you know, go get some cilantro. Nope the the only thing that um the only thing that they ever suggest do putting in that w- wasn't in the package is like salt and pepper. Oh, cool! But wow, it's it's literally everything else, or salt and pepper and like olive oil or something. Butter, or butter I know, is another it. one yeah. that they usually don't give, but. Oh sure. Okay. Just about Which everything I think, else. I think is acceptable. Yep. But like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. All right. Very good. Now that we've had dinner, how about a little after dinner drink? We're going to continue <laughs> on with uh, Dan Miller, who's going to tell us about a service um, I want right now, uh, which is a mini bar. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> If you're like me and you're starting to get into making cocktails, you'll often find you want to make a cocktail, but you don't have this liqueur or this liquor or this bitter. Uh, and it's it's often a pain to find it because you walk into any liquor store, it's not guaranteed that they'll have the specific one you're looking for. So you have to go <sighs> all around. Bitters. Especially bitters shame. because you don't even know if they're allowed to carry it depending on what state you live in. If alcohol stores can't sell non-alcohol, so you have to go to two different places to get the thing. It's crazy. So to solve that problem, go to minibardelivery.com. It's sort of a seamless for liquor and cocktail mixing ingredients. It's fantastic. Uh, they partner with local liquor stores in your area, and they deliver the stuff that you need right to your door. Uh they don't have. They haven't had all the things I've looked for, and I've only used it once. But uh, they've. It was really. It was really seamless experience. That <laughs> uh, it's for. It's an app. Uh, I recommend using the app. I did the mobile web in it again. Kind of clunky, uh, but they have apps for iOS and Android. You sort of add things to your cart. It knows which liquor store is closest to you and what their inventory is, and then someone shows up at your door with the booze that you need. Uh, this is especially good if you're doing entertaining and you realize, ah, oh, I don't have that one thing. Uh, that is minibardelivery.com. Nice. 30 to 60 minute deliveries, too. Super fast. I was disappointed to see they're not in Boston yet. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. I think you'll have to yeah. write them an angry letter. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's too Strongly bad you don't live in New York City, Chicago, Miami, Brooklyn, Hoboken, or the Hamptons. Oh wait, one. <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> Ithaca, they're in Ithaca. Yeah, that's specific. Uh, I yeah. guess. What do you do in Ithaca but drink? And Silicon Valley, whatever that means. <laughs> wow, because that's definitely a a place. Yeah. Um, so we've had dinner, we've had drinks, and now because I'm trying to keep a theme going here. Uh, you want to take pictures of of of, you of all your guests fun. passed out on the floor? Exactly, and you want to make fun photo collages. Um, I, I I took this out of the news because it's my pick, but um, today actually Instagram announced a brand new app. So they have Instagram, they have Hyperlapse, and now they have a new app called Layout, and it's essentially a photo collage app. Now there are a hundred of these on the App Store. Um, that all do the same thing, and some are good, and some suck, and most have in-app purchases. On Instagram, I guess, said we can do it better. Um, so let me put up on screen here what uh, what it looks like. It is available for free for iOS currently, and they say Android is coming. Um, you can get it for free. Let's take a look here. So here's what it looks like. Uh, it just kind of starts. You've just got your grid of all your photos. Um, here I have photos from uh, New Year's, a, a party I went to with a few friends. Um, so we'll begin by just picking a, a photo of those people. And then up here at the top, they show you a couple different layouts. So you want to have uh, two photos half and half. You want to have three photos, four photos. You want them side by side on top of one another. Um, a different different kinds of arrangements. So let's do... Uh, Let's do a little four-photo grid here. So now I can tap any of these photos. I can hit replace and swap them out for other photos from that evening. Uh, let's do making cocktails. There was a, a, a Mac a grilled cheese bar. Um, and then what you can do, which is really cool, is you can actually slide and actually automatically resize the different photos. So they don't all have to be the exact same uh, dimension. So you can kind of tweak and adjust as you see fit. So you want to make one thing bigger than the other. You can also mirror and flip them, so if you kind of want a different angle, um, you can rotate and adjust them. Um, A lot of options. It's really easy and clean and super fast to use. Um, So now that I've had my... uh, Now that I have my photos all arranged, I can just hit save. Boom, it's a saved image. You can post to Instagram, Facebook, or wherever else. I'll hit Instagram. And, And just like that, you can post. It's really simple and fast to use, but honestly, I've used other collage apps, and they are clunky and gross and a pain in the ass. Um, so I highly recommend uh, Layout. It's free from Instagram, available on iOS now, Android coming soon. Um, why use the rest when you can get the best? So uh, that's Layout. I'll post this photo right now. Let's see. Uh, new Year's Memories! Exclamation point. Sure. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Very good. And that's my pick. Hey, that's me. That oh, you're so observant, Dan. Uh, this is I what we see. Uh, very good. Well, gentlemen, we're all done. Really? I I I know it is hard to believe. It seems like Whoa. we just started, but an hour later we have concluded. Uh, is is there anything you gentlemen would like to tell the world before we conclude? This evening show. Uh, no. Stay safe. Stay yes. Stay safe from from all of the the bands of zombies. Keep it real. Roaming the wild side. 
Yeah. I would like to take this opportunity to let everyone know out there, uh, we have a sister show on the network, The Goldilocks Zone. Uh, <clears throat> I apologize. I'm sick, if you couldn't tell. So we didn't do a show last week. I promise we're going to do one tomorrow night. Our last two episodes on the 2006 presidential primaries I thought were great episodes, really interesting. We looked at all the contenders. Um, who's going to – On the 2006 think? presidential 16, primaries? 2016. Oh, okay. I would really like, want to watch a show you two talk about the 2000 what, – what would have been 2004 presidential or primaries. Eight, yeah. Like, no, go back before you were really engaged and like put yourself back in that mindset. Oh, don't don't tell Matt that because he'll want to do like you know Van Buren or something. <laughs> he'll be like you know uh, William Tyler versus Van Buren or something, and you know he'll school me in that. So don't. don't I hope he's not listening. Uh, what, but go ahead. Are you are you guys done with it? Did you uh, you might have said this and I just totally glossed over it, but like. Are you done with the presidential stuff? Are you doing something new, or is there more more to come on that? So we did two episodes, one on Republicans. Uh, the last one was on Democrats. We're done for now. We're probably we'll probably revisit it in another couple months. Cool. We we did our our uh, fantasy draft, so we each took three candidates. Um, oh right, right. And we're we're gonna see who can do whose candidates get the farthest. <laughs> um, I put a lot of weight on Hillary Clinton. You know, a little presumptive, but if she fails, she's going to fail big, and it's going to really hurt me. So, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to tune in and find out. Uh, this week's show, unless we change it, is going to be on uh, breakfast foods. So we're going to do rapid oh, fire, nice. your favorites. I'm telling you, Pop-Tarts are terribly overrated. They suck. Pop-Tarts aren't very good. It's a controversial opinion. People get upset when I say that. But I'm, I'm going to put my foot down on this one. They're not toaster strudels are where it's at. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, toaster strudels are like the Apple computer of pop tarts. Yeah, breakfast and, and, and like toaster pastries. You're exactly right. Pop tarts. I was are thinking. Oh. I was thinking Legos versus Kinects. Yes. Like, <laughs> I feel like no one cares about toaster strudels, but they might be cooler. But every, all anyone knows about is pop tarts, Legos. That is a very apt comparison. Uh, you'll get insightful thoughts like that on this week's show. Goldilockshow.com is the website or at Goldilockshow on Twitter. Um, and you can hear us rant and rave about ba- uh, bacon and muffins and oatmeal. I, I, I hope it'll be interesting. We'll find out. Um, very good. Uh, we'll be back next week, Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for a brand new show uh, with more tech news. As always, don'tpanic.io is the website. Uh, and at Don't Panic Show on Twitter are the best places to find us. Um, send us send us your ideas for your best video game movies, and, and maybe we'll laugh about them on the show next week. Who knows? Uh, but until then, uh, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I will wish everyone out there a good night.